Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Educational Podcasting Today, episode number 51. Today, we're going to be talking about educational podcasts and why do we listen to them? Why are there so many and why are there so many teachers right now? creating their own educational podcast. We're going to talk a lot about podcasting in the studio, and we're going to talk a little bit about podcasting in the classroom. I have a fantastic guest today talking all about some recent blog posts that he wrote on the subject showing off why educational podcasting is important to support and to listen to. I want to bring on today Mr. Michael Muhammad. Michael, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Oh, really good, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Been a listener for a long time and just honored to be here with you today. Uh, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to get into everything that we're going to talk to about why it's important that educators support other educators by listening to educational podcasts. And that brings up something that we recently were talking about on our Teacher Cast Network here. If you guys are looking to bring podcasting into your classroom, or perhaps you're looking to start your own podcast as we go through and begin our summer months. I want to bring you guys over to educationalpodcasting.com. We've got a lot of great resources, and we just released our TeacherCast Ultimate Guide to Educational Podcasting, where you can learn not only how to plan and create your podcast, but it also goes into recording, editing, promoting, and publishing techniques. We give it to you all. It's about 10,000 words all on how to create your own show. We've got some great videos on there. It is the TeacherCast Ultimate Guide to Podcasting. If you're looking to be a podcaster or get into educational podcasting, check that out today over at educationalpodcasting.com. Now, Mike, let's kind of back up a few weeks here. You and I hooked up on social media uh, when I found a tweet that you popped out on a blog post. Talk to us a little bit about the blog post that you published and uh, and what made you write that blog post? Yeah, you know, um, it just, this kind of happened around a lunch conversation we were having in our teacher faculty lounge. And um, we basically are just trying to find different ways for teachers to have professional learning hours. And the idea that, you know, we can't always, with with the busy schedules that teachers have, we can't always go to a conference on the weekend or take a class or something like that. So podcasts for me have been a fantastic way to get not necessarily professional learning hours, but really just keep up to date on anything and everything that's happening in education. So I reached out to our principal and just saw, just wanted to see would he be able to count um, podcasts as professional learning hours? And he jumped right on board, said that would be fantastic. So it was a matter of me just reaching out to my PLN and saying, okay, I'm gonna put together a list for the teachers in my building and you know where should they get started what's a list and surprisingly it blew up i mean more than i ever would have expected so many recommendations that i was like oh okay i was expecting maybe four or five and getting well over almost a hundred different ones and i was like okay i've got to put together a list and get these out to a greater audience than maybe just the teachers in my building You know, it seems like there are so many great reasons to start podcasting this year, and there's so many great reasons to, uh, to, you know, to to listen to podcasts this year. Mike, are you a podcast listener? Do you do you have any favorite podcasts that you listen to? Yes, I do. I mean, you know, I've got I've been listening since 
well before the iPhone. You know, I started probably back in like 2009 or something like that and used to listen on an MP3 player back when we couldn't just download them right to our phones. But um, I love entertainment podcasts instead mm. of just educational. So I'm a big movie guy. So I uh, listen to film spotting is probably one of my favorites, and then um, now playing podcasts in terms of entertainment stuff. But, you know, that's where I kind of started getting into podcasts. And then when I discovered educational podcasts, it was like, whoa, this is a whole new world for me. It, it is a whole new world. And there's many different reasons why you would want to listen to a podcast created by one of your peers. Um, you know, maybe somebody that you know, somebody you've met on Twitter, or maybe you just, you've, you've never heard of this person, but they're on a topic that you're listening to. Mike, one of the, what's one of the reasons why an educator might want to listen to an educational podcast? Well, I think the biggest thing is learning about something more. Okay, I heard about this. I saw this on Twitter. People are buzzing about this, and I don't even know what it is. I hear it brought up in a PD session, and the idea that you could just do a quick search in something like Apple Podcasts for this topic, and you would find a slew of podcasts on it, whether it's personalized learning, inclusive education, some kind of buzzword that's floating out there, and you don't want to just hear it from whoever is on your staff, not to discredit them, but there are some major experts. People have written books, people have been published, and you can hear from these people directly from their mouth about their work and, you know, people who are practicing it. And that's a really great resource that you may not have access to. Oh, I definitely agree. You know, one of the things that I look for when I'm listening to a podcast, whether it be from a, a teacher, somebody I might know, or, you know, again, you mentioned, mentioned educational entertainment podcasts. You know, obviously the topic is important. You're not going to really listen to a podcast if the topic isn't right. But I'm also, as you said, finding somebody who's an expert in that field. And again, that could, that could be an, an actor, an author, a, a scientist, a teacher, anything like that. Something that's going to capture your attention. I know I'm also looking for podcasts based off their length, right? Now, we have a lot of podcasters out there that do 10-minute shows, half-an-hour shows, I don't know why, but I find myself listening to certain podcasts that are three or four, even five hours long. And I usually find it takes one week to listen to a full show. Um, I don't know about you. How long is your drive to work? Do you usually try to fit your podcast into a, a commute? Yeah, it all depends. So my commute's about 25 minutes, and there's mm. certain podcasts that fit in there perfectly, and there's some hour ones that'll be like there and back. But um, one of the things that I do is um, I love listening to podcasts while I mow the lawn or while I'm cleaning. And so, for example, outside of education, you know, I live, you know, with Avengers Endgame. Like I said, I'm a big movie fan, so all these podcasts that are coming out are like two hours long. So the ability to, yeah. you know, listen to one over a longer period of time is perfectly fine if it's engaging. I think that's a big thing, keeping the conversation rolling. And, and as, a, as a content creator, I got to tell you, Mike, that's so difficult, right? Like I know on a show, if I go 20 minutes or so, I'm safe. If I go 28 to 30 minutes, I might as well just go 45, right? Because yeah. as you said, the average person drives to work about 25 minutes. So, you know, if your show's 31 <laughs> minutes or so, you're like, maybe they're not going to finish it. Maybe they're going to get in their car at the end of the day and start another show. Mm -hmm. And and all of that stuff kind of goes through my head when I'm doing a, a, a show like this and trying to put these things together. I'll tell you another reason why I think a lot of people listen to specific shows over and over again. And that's 
the content strategy that they have, you know, for as example, for our tech coach show, you know, it's for tech coaches. We try to keep a similar theme going throughout all the shows as opposed to my teacher cast podcast, where one week we might be talking on a round table on breakout EDU. And the next week we might be doing student choice. And the next, next time we might be doing administrator stuff. What kind of shows and topics really get you interested and excited based off of their content choices? Yeah, you know, um, I'm a big ed tech person, so I love educational technology mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of applications, but really um, just talking about what's new in terms of ed tech. So you may have a show that throws out like maybe 10 or 15 different ideas, but the idea that I could just pick up one of them and learn more. But then also, I mean, shows like yours that really choose one topic and go into a lot of depth on it. I remember one of the first episodes I ever listened to from the teacher cast was uh, one on Google Sites when the new Google Sites first came out in like 2016. It was mm-hmm. That's actually the probably the episode that got me hooked on your podcast. It was like, oh, my gosh, they're going to be talking about this brand new thing that I haven't been able to access. And it was just amazing to learn more about it from you guys. Now, when you're looking at those ed tech shows, I know I've heard this from teachers of should a podcast just be an audio version of a blog post or mm-hmm. should it be more? I think it really needs to be more it, you know, in terms of these resources that you can put out there. You can always put a blog post out there, but the idea that we're gonna move it along and throw some different ideas at you. So we're having a conversation as opposed to a blog post, which may be much more in-depth instructional wise. So you're not gonna spend 30 minutes talking about a certain application. You can kind of keep moving it along. One of the other things that I love about educational podcasters, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm only mentioning this because we're coming up on ISTE season, that time of year where mm-hmm. everybody gets together, swag giveaways, right? <laughs> They're always, we're always trying to put our logos on your Chromebooks somewhere, right? And and I love seeing what people do as far as content promotion, right? Because let, let's mm-hmm. face it, educational podcasters are not doing this for the money. Right. Like we and we're not financially backed by major corporations. And even if we are sponsored, it's not much. But to be able to put stuff out there and say, hey, use this as a giveaway or, you know, you put it on the little sticker at the bottom of your your you know, the flag at the mm-hmm. bottom of your conference badge. I love seeing what podcasters do. You know, two great examples of this are, you know, like Matt Miller and the ditch that textbook stuff. He's all over the stickers and the t-shirts and stuff. And we just had Jake Miller on a couple of weeks ago and he's all about sharing, um, you know, the edu gifts and, and how all, everything works here. Uh, are, are you, I, I got to ask you as a, as a content listener, are, are you, uh, um, what's the right word here? Are you a nut for somebody who's handing out swag at conferences or do, do you go to these big conferences and just try to fill your bag with stuff to take home? I do like the stickers. And I'll just note that you did say EduGIF. Yes. <laughs> so so I think Jake will be happy about that. But, um, you know, I think the stickers are great. You know, you had a couple episodes, the idea of branding, the idea mm. of getting yourself out there. And it's one way for you to see for someone else who actually listens to the same show. And we're like, oh, hey, we're started part of the same tribe. But then also to get that word out there for the podcaster. If you want to get your name out there, that's a great way. And as me, I, I would I love stickers. So, yes. 
Now, one of the things that we also look for in podcasting, as you mentioned at the top of the show here, is entertaining, right? Sometimes we listen to shows and they're full of content, mm-hmm. but they're not entertaining and you kind of have to get through them, right? It's, the, yeah. it's kind of the stuff that you're forced to in school, right? And some of them, like, mm-hmm. they're darn right out entertaining. The guests are are fun. The teachers are great. They've got some, uh, some good, you know, some good uh, witty banter on there. What's one more thing that you look for as far as uh, educational podcasts and what, what you're listening for? Well, you know, I really look for podcasts that come out in terms of a regular schedule. You know, the idea that I don't. So I subscribe to about ever since this list came out, I, I currently subscribe to 87 different educational podcasts. Wow. So, so they're in, like, I put together a playlist in Overcast, my podcast player of choice, and, you know, then I'll see them in my feed, and, you know, there'll be some that I haven't seen in two months. So it's like, okay, that I don't have to listen to right away. But the ones that come out on a regular basis, that's when you form that relationship with that podcaster, and that's where you actually get a sense of this person's banter, who they are, and the type of guests they bring on their show, and they've actually cultivated you as an audience member. So I think having a regular schedule, whether it's weekly, bi-weekly, or even if it's one a month, if it's a longer podcast, I think that's great because you as a listener are building that relationship. One of the things that's always difficult as a podcaster is to know if anybody's listening, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and especially for many podcasters, they, they go to work every day, they come home, they sit in their office, they record, and then what, right? You know, listeners are just statistics. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I know so many podcasters struggle with is finding the community that they talk to, yeah. building that community. And I'm going to go back to Matt Miller. I love everything that he's doing with the whole ditch that textbook and the Google teacher tribe. And, you know, again, Jake's doing some, some great stuff over there, but finding that community and allowing that community to help then grow the audience even more. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, really neat and important. And so many Twitter chats are happening over certain topics around certain mm-hmm. podcasts or, or, or books or publications or things like that. Um, should a podcaster be trying to cultivate a, a I'll use the word tribe, but, mm-hmm. but, but when you listen to a podcast, are you out there searching to be an active member of their Facebook group? Or are you just saying, you know, it's a good show. That's all I need from this person. Yeah. You know, I think I, I really do like being part of an audience and let, and getting that dialogue back and forth beyond this idea of that 20 or 30 minute conversation that seems is more of a one-way conversation, letting them know that I'm listening, whether it's leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or their pod, your podcaster of choice, letting them know you're out there. But what's also great is, you know, if a podcaster is looking to cultivate a greater audience, that idea of acknowledging the people who are listening, whether it be via at the end of your show or at the beginning of your show, uh, talking about feedback, and then what also happens is that, you know, if I hear myself being mentioned on a podcast, well, I'm going to share that out with my community. So I think that helps build the audience. But that idea that there's a connection beyond this one way street is something that I'm looking forward to. You know, we're going through all, a whole mess of reasons today of why it's important to listen to shows, what we like about our shows. And there's always that one last one, Michael, which is kind of the, the, the thing I got to tell you over the last few months. I've been smacked around a couple of times because I've mentioned things on the show and then you realize, oh, now that you've said it, you have to do it. 
I got to know if this is an important one to you, but I always look at a show and go, what is on their show notes? What does their website look like? If they're going to be talking, as you said, about Google Sites, are they going to be backing that up with a website that has links and examples and how-tos and tutorials? Or does their website basically have an audio player and that's it? Now, you've created a list. You're you're clearly subscribing to a, a dozens of podcasts do you take time on any of these shows to listen and and then deep dive into their show notes or click on their links? Like, where are you as far as really being a podcast groupie? Yep. I live for show notes. Um, you know, when oh, I was putting together I'm so happy podcast, you said that. <laughs> yeah. When I was putting together this podcast list, what I tried to do was link out to their web presence. And it was like, to see the variety there was incredible. But, you know, we talk about... Um, I listen to podcasts when I am doing housework, driving, cooking, mowing the lawn. And the idea is when I had, hear an idea, I want to be, go, be able to go back and find that quick link out to what they're talking about. And having those show notes there, especially I love the ones that are done not just on a website, but that I can maybe see within the pod catcher itself. So I can actually scroll along and follow along those instant links that'll take me out there. So um, that is huge, that idea to have those show notes, those resources. It's just like a hyperlink in an article that you're reading that'll take you back to a previous article. It is essential, I think. I, the the word essential is exactly how I look at things. And even when you go to this particular show, again, we're, you know, episode 51 here of educational podcasting today. Everything that we're going to be talking about is LinkedIn, all the different topics, all the different articles we're going to be talking about. And today we're talking to Michael Muhammad all about podcasts and how they can be used as professional development. Now, when we come back from our break, I'm going to be sharing with you guys something brand new that I'm excited to talk to you guys about and how podcasts and professional development are going to be mixing this month at the ISTE conference. So stick around. We'll be right back more with educational podcasting today. Friends, before we move on with our show, I wanted to let you guys know I have been in education now for almost 20 years, and I've seen the changes some students have come to face every single day, whether it's going through school hungry, not being able to see a doctor when they're sick, or not getting the proper rest at night. These challenges make it hard for kids to focus on their learning. I remember a story of a student who came to my office one day and she could barely stay awake due to all the circumstances happening around her at home that were beyond her control. I didn't know what I could do and I wanted to be able to help her out in any way that I could. Thankfully, Concordia University in Portland is leading the way with their three to PhD program that helps to combat students' fears, freeing them to pursue their highest dreams. They're revolutionizing education by creating a holistic model that provides groceries, healthcare, and even clothing to students right here on campus, helping them thrive and helping our communities strengthen and grow. Concordia's College of Education offers online and on-campus programs where students have the opportunity to learn about a more compassionate approach to education and see how nurturing the whole student can lead to amazing things. To learn more about how you can help students conquer their monsters and achieve their highest dreams, visit cu-portland.edu forward slash let's conquer. That's cu-portland.edu forward slash let's conquer. And we use the hashtag nature educate grow. 
And we are back at Educational Podcasting today. This is episode number 51. I am talking to Michael Muhammad all about professional development. Now, I got to ask you, you said at the beginning of the show, you had mentioned that your principal was on board for using podcasts as PD. So naturally, Mike, the question I got to ask you here is, how do you count that? How do you prove that you've listened to a show. I know recently Casey Mm -hmm. Bell just put out an amazing article of different ways to bring things in, and she gave a whole mess of suggestions, but how are you proving that you've listened to a podcast, let alone 87 of them? (laughs) Well, you know, we we have this um, um, personalized, I I guess a professional learning document that we put together with our activities outside of school, a brief summary, and then the number of hours committed. And they are very, very good. Our district has been very good about letting us be professionals and trusting us with what we do. So it's not a whole bunch of hoops that we jump through. A brief summary and the number of hours we had to, we did, and then it's counting towards our credit, which is fantastic. That's amazing. So if you cut a lot, if you if you get into a second job just cutting your neighbor's lawns, you could have all your PD done for the month, right? <laughs> yes, for sure. For that sure. is awesome. <laughs> now talk to us a little bit about some of the recent blog posts that you have. First of all, um, tell us a little bit about what your website is and what it does. But first of all, you wrote a, an article called What Podcasts Do Educators Recommend? And I like the word recommend. I want you to tell me why you use that word and not listen to. But talk yeah. to me a little bit about your website and, and how this whole thing got started. All right. So this is just my personal blog, um, Mo Physics, Mo Problems. It's at uh, mophysicsmoproblems.blogspot.com. And, you know, this um, is a just a blog I've been running for about four years now. And it's just something that um, you are a podcaster because you've uh, self-admitted you you don't like writing, so <laughs> you don't blog. So this is my form of getting that out there. And honestly, I... Um, don't like um, podcasting. So this blog works perfectly for me. I listen to tons of podcasts, but this works out perfectly for me. So again, this um, article here, um, what podcasts do educators recommend? This was just what I did. I took that list of, of responses that I got to that original tweet. And after just about 24 hours, I just put together a list of all the ones that had recommended and the ones that were recommended multiple times, I just put into this Google slideshow up at the top and with direct links out to them. I, and I think this is the ones that they recommend, you know, they would recommend to peers, not necessarily the most listened to always, or ones that I may personally have been listening to. This is what the community is telling me. It's important that these things exist, right? It's important that these lists get put together. And, and I, I love your list because you've got everything linked out to websites and you've got Twitter addresses on here. And it's, it's, a, it's a very, very complete list. And of course, again, all, all the stuff that we're talking about today is going to be linked over on Educational Podcasting Today. This is episode number 51. And that wasn't where you stopped. You also write wrote, wrote a blog post called Why Podcasts Are the Perfect PD. Um, yeah. Give me some of your reasons here. Yeah, I, you know, I think the biggest thing is when we talk about this movement towards personalized PD, it's that I can do it on my time, whenever I want. You know, when I'm driving in the car, when I am cutting up dinner, stuff for dinner, or even just cleaning the house, you know, when I'm looking to zen out a little bit or my brain is ready to be active and my body's moving, it is a perfect time to do it. 
You know, uh, another thing is this idea that I'm able to hear from the greatest professionals out there. The idea that we're listening to the A-list of educators. This is globally. We're talking about all across the board. And one other thing I, I kind of like about it is that it gives me a different perspective. You know, as a secondary educator, the idea that I can hear the voices of superintendents, voices of elementary educators that I don't necessarily have a personal connection to, that I could hear a principal talk and get that different perspective of a principal that, okay, I don't have any um, feelings towards him or her. I can hear what the job is really like. And that's something that I love as well. The blog post here, you, you guys have to take a listen to it. It's funny how the podcast should just put it that way, right? You have to actually take a moment to read this one. It's called Why Podcasts Are the Perfect PD. Of course, again, it's going to be linked over here in our show notes, episode 51. And a couple of the things that you're mentioning here, right? Number one, you say it's about growing connections. Number two, you say it's binge-worthy. You can do all of these things all in a short amount of time. You talk about PD being empowering. And I think the best thing here is you say it's not all audio. Now, if you're looking to make podcasts a little bit of your professional development and you're going to be in Philadelphia in June at the ISTE conference, I got to tell you guys, we have two great opportunities for you guys. First of all, on Saturday at, and I'm, I'm not kidding here, Saturday morning at 8.30 in the morning on Saturday, we have a not one, not two, but three-hour podcasting workshop <laughs> all about how to bring podcasts into your classroom. We're going to be doing with studio podcasting, classroom podcasting. It's going to be hands-on. We're going to be dealing with a lot of great stuff. Yes, my friends, that is Saturday morning at 8.30 at the ISTE conference, and if you can't make that... <sighs> Monday, we're also going to be doing a one-hour podcasting workshop. It's going to be more lecture-style, less hands-on, but you've got two great opportunities at ISTE this year to bring podcasting into your classroom, learn a little bit about how to create your own show, get your show published, and my goodness, we are keep this as fun and as binge-worthy as possible and help you guys get empowered by podcasting. So if you're looking to become a podcaster, check out all of the TeacherCast educational podcasting workshops at ISTE 2000. 19. So Mike, this is Educational Podcasting Today, the show that talks to teachers all about podcasting and web development. I wouldn't want to close down today's show without talking about your website. Talk to us a little bit about how you created it, how long you created it, and what's the theory that goes into writing these blog posts because you do such a great job at the writing. Talk to us a little bit about how you maintain everything. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I wish it was always a regular thing, but, you know, when I do something in my classroom that I really want to share about or I'm really proud of, it's basically an extension of my work. And it's something I started a long time ago in Blogger. And, you know, I don't like to diss Blogger, but sometimes I wish I wouldn't have started it there. Um, I don't love the functionality, but I've got a home there and it works okay, we're a uh, Google for Education school district, so I'm used to Google products. So um, I've kept it there. And it's just a matter of thinking about, okay, is this something that I think I want to think about a little bit more or put together for my own sake or to share out with the community? It used to be something that we used to have um, a Google Plus community within our district um, where teachers would share different things. And that's where it kind of started from. I'd write a post and then put it out there. Um, another way that it actually started was because I wanted to document some of my professional learning and my efforts. We have a leveling up process where we present evidence to our district 
when we're looking to advance in our career lanes. And this was a great place for me to, instead of putting together a whole bunch of different pieces of documentation, basically writing a blog post and using that as evidence has been incredible. And the website, of course, is, uh, let me get this right here, Mo yeah. Physics, Mo Problems, Mo Podcasts. Is that, is that what we're, gonna, that's not what <laughs> Mo, we're calling it now? Uh, yes, yes. Listening to Mo Podcasts all the time. Yes. Now, if you are out there listening to this and saying, where do I learn about more Mo, Mo Podcast. How do I find this? I am excited to tell you, probably by the time this 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 show launches, and I think we're going to be launching this, correct me here, guys, but I think we're going to be launching this in the first or second week of June. I don't know at the time of recording this right now because it's May the 22nd. We have been working for the last month now on an educational podcast directory. This is something that came out of finding Twitters just like, like Michael's here and, and other people who are trying to figure out how to curate all of the educational podcasts. Because let's face it, Mike, when you go to Apple Podcasts or anywhere else and you go to the education category, you're going to be bombarded by how to learn a language and French. And would you like to be a, a chef, right? And National oh. Geo. All of these shows that are within their own right are, quote, educational, but they're not going to be teacher created. So what we're creating right now and what we're looking forward to launching right before ISTE is we are actually creating an educational podcast directory that is directly related to podcasters that are teachers in the classroom. And we would like your feedback before we get to launching this. If you guys would like first dibs on this, please find us over on Twitter at Podcasting Today. We love your thoughts. We love your feedbacks. And in fact, we know I think at the end of this recording, I'm going to let Michael be the first person to take a look at this. Ooh. Oh, I am so excited. I can't explain enough how much this is needed. That idea of going to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and looking for education and seeing the top 10 being how to learn a foreign language over coffee or over your lunch break and having it really drill down into finding that K-12 category. It's, it's just... It's just been, uh, I would say it's been frustrating. And that's the, that is the, what we're trying to solve here, right? So over at educationalpodcasting.com, probably by the time you listen to this, no promises, but I'm, we're definitely going to get it up by ISTE. We're going to have at least version one of our educational podcasting directory. We have an official name. Don't want to mention that quite yet. We have an official domain. Not going to mention that quite yet. But we're going to be putting out our, our version one of what this is going to look like. Because after all, we want to share great educational podcasts and podcasters, because it's so difficult, especially as a new podcaster, which many teachers are these days, how do you get up there? How do you get noticed? Many people don't even realize that the Apple new and noteworthy has nothing to do with being new and has certainly nothing to do with being noteworthy. And we are trying to help that out. The other thing that we're looking for from anybody out there who's a podcaster is your podcast. So if you'd like to help out and add your show to this, please reach out to me at Podcasting Today. We have a Google form that we're passing around, and we would love to get you guys to sign up and have your show on it. The more podcasts, the more let me say that again. The Mo podcast, the Mo gooder, right? We're going to get that. All right, Mike. So we're at the end of the program here, and I know you've watched this program before, so this is not going to be a surprise, but I would love to put you through the ringer here with a little thing we call the Jersey Five. Five questions to get you guys thinking and 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 really, really get to, get to know you a little bit more here. Mike, are you ready to take the Jersey Five? I am ready. Now, this is not fair. I know you know these questions here, but we're going to start off anyway. Number one, what is your favorite Twitter account or hashtag to follow? Uh, my favorite Twitter account or hashtag. I love the hashtag 
ditch book. Um, when you talk about Matt Miller, we're talking about branding. We're talking about a community of educators who are sharing out stuff. It is just fantastic with practical examples. Number two, your favorite educational tool to use, whether it be in the classroom or whatever. All right. So I'm going to say, okay, this is a tough one. Uh, I'm going to say Google Slides. It is for everything that I can use it for, whether it just be not necessarily presentations, but for student creation. The ability for my students to create in Google Slides, not as presentations, but as pieces of demonstration. The ability to use, to communicate in multiple different ways that you can't in a doc. I love Google Slides. Bonus points for that one. I like that answer. <laughs> All right, number three, and this is the open-ended one. Best advice you've ever been given as a, and sometimes I say podcaster, mm -hmm. blogger, teacher, best advice you've always been given as a. Yeah, I'll say as an educator, you know, um, um, Jim, Jim Rickabaugh, who's from Wisconsin, um, former superintendent, basically um, has said that if you're clear on your why and your what in terms of education, the how will find itself out. Number four, what do you hope your students remember about you when they graduate at the end of the year? I just hope they were, uh, they basically saw that, you know, I cared about them more than their grade. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. You know, this one's coming. You've been thinking about this one. What is the best teachable moment you've ever had? Um, it had to be when I, you know, I think everyone says when technology fails, but I would say, you know, when, um, I got really, really upset and I started yelling at uh, the class for being rude. And then I just realized, why am I yelling at you? And I just started laughing. And it was one of those moments where we basically just bonded as a class and we said, okay, um, we're kind of above all this, aren't we? We're in the same place. There's no reason for us to get really upset at each other. And we're in here together and this is our time. Michael, I first want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for supporting educational podcasters. Maybe we got to get you a show someday. You know, <laughs> you never know that stranger things have happened right now. Where do we get a hold of you? Where can we find you online, my friend? Yeah, I would love, I mean, the easiest way to connect for me is on Twitter at Mo underscore physics. Um, that's where you can find me on Twitter and my blog again, Mo physics, Mo problems. Dot blogspot.com is where you can find me writing. I try to write well, uh, at least twice a month, but again, uh, school comes first and, you know, family comes second, but, you know, blogging is an essential part of my life. And if you're looking to put together your own list of educational podcasts, certainly check out Mike and his great work and find him on Twitter and certainly connect with us over at Podcasting Today. Don't forget that we have all of our great resources over at po educationalpodcasting.com. We're going to be at ISTE at yeah, 8.30 in the morning <laughs> on Saturday. We are get, we are the early show. We are the pregame show for ISTE. But look, we are going to be excited about being there, learning about educational podcasting. I will even tell you guys something else. Not only do we have the 8.30 workshop, we've even got the 12.30 workshop. If anybody is a tech coach, we're doing six hours of live professional development on Saturday. <laughs> and I'm just going to let that one hang a little bit there, Mike. So check out everything over at Educational Podcasting. This is episode number 51. All the links are going to be in our show notes. And on behalf of Michael and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.